Lawrence, Coalfield and Company. I, I, there's something wrong with me. I start to crack up so much. Watching dogs flip out and run in place. Betty or Wilma? Wilma. What? Yeah. Oh. And that's scene. You know I always go for the offbeat. If you get a text, that means we're not talking on the phone. <laughs> that's it. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Tuesday. I almost said Monday. Tuesday, week has started. Adam Hill is here. Here is Samstown. Samstown on the east side, right in front of the sportsbook, racing sportsbook. We are ready to go. Four hours, and then we're going to be hanging around watching VGK Hockey's Night. Kind of an important game after what happened over the weekend. We'll get into that. We'll look back. We'll look ahead. We'll get predictions. Maybe we'll get some updates on the lineup as well. But, yeah, that's always funny. It's very secretive. It's very secretive with the Golden Knights. So what's up, Adam? When's the last time you were hanging out at uh, at Samstown? Oh, it's every weekend. This is my spot. Actually, I was I would stop in here uh, every so often um, a couple of seasons ago after UNLV football games. The games sometimes between the weather and the results were a bit draining. So I would just I would just drive up Boulder Highway kind of looking for a, a place to hit up one of the many bars here. Uh, yes. Rehydrate. Yeah. We'll put it that way. Rehydrate. Sure. I, I didn't bring enough water to the game. If this or, was or self medicate. Yeah, if if I was on any side of town except where I am, I'd probably be here quite a bit. It's a nice spot. Yeah, you're a little far away from so high. A little bit. Yeah, but I, I love the east side. I always have. I lived out here for a long time in different stretches. And I, in fact, when I first came to town, I lived right behind Samstown. I remember that. Over by, well, technically behind uh, the cannery as well, but it was a different property then, Nevada Palace. Oh, I love Nevada Palace, yeah, too. Yes, so this, the east side is this a great is, spot. This is my haunt, believe me. I was When I was walking around the property, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that used to be there. Because they've, you know, they've changed it up a lot. But come on by if you're on the east side. Uh, very cool. Got the sports deli right here. Got bars all over the joint, the sports book, and uh, we're going to have the game on. Big game tonight. Big game tonight. NBA game's on as well. Are you ready for play-in NBA playoff basketball? Sure. I mean, I, I, yes. Are you still confused? I mean, I'm, I'm ready for tomorrow. I forgot that there's also an Eastern Conference play-in tournament. Yeah. Which. There's some storylines. Okay. There's some storylines. Sure. But Westbrook, tomorrow... Westbrook tonight is a story. Yeah. The real Mellow, the new Mellow, La Mellow, gets to showcase himself tonight. Sure. The way, it, tomorrow is the My day. bro, my little bro. Yeah. It, it, this is definitely an appetizer. There are some good storylines and some intriguing, um, you know, things that to, to watch, some things to, to pay attention to. Uh, but, yeah, tomorrow, like, we're I've, – I've actually been on, like, so many texts planning tomorrow night – like, oh, this is going to be great. What are we going to do? How are we going to – I'm like, it's a play-in game. But people are fired up. But, yeah, That's we good. got basketball tonight too. You know, it's guys like you who have never done anything in your life. Talking basketball instead of people who played the game. You ruin it. You ruin it. I'm not exactly paraphrasing that or even capturing the mood or the scariness of it. Uh, but we will hear from Kwame Brown later in the show. I don't <laughs> think the Vast Sound crew pulled his dig on Stephen A. Smith. But he went after him. He went after a lot of people. And to my knowledge, no one has gone back. 
Well, that says a lot. It, it's actually it's that a, says a lot. It's actually funny you brought that up because I was like, as I settled in here about ten minutes ago, I opened my computer and Twitter. Like the first thing that pops up is like the trending topics on Twitter, just because I'm always like, okay, right. let me see what's up. And like I was like, why is Kwame Brown number two oh, trending oh, topic? Have you seen it yet? Uh, no. During a break, it's seven minutes, and then there's additions to it. Oh, it's good. Oh boy. Oh, it's real good. Yeah, I'm glad he's still around. So uh, the NBA action actually starts, dude. I'm telling you, when you watch the video, you're not going to say stuff like that. Okay? I feel like I am. No, I don't think you are. Be careful. Just warning you. I'm scared. (laughs) Bring it on, Kwame. The Charlotte-Indiana game goes down in 90 minutes, and then uh, Washington-Boston is at 6 o'clock. So we'll see if uh, Westbrook can play himself into the main field and potentially destroy the Celtics season, which – has been more than underwhelming. All right, so the setup for tonight, I mean, I you know, I know you sent it over. <laughs> Must win? I mean, it kind of is by the numbers. When you're down one nothing in the NHL, it's not a great situation for you. It ain't impossible. Well, teams But but when you if you go down two nothing, look at, out. At home, for sure. Uh, if you lose the first two games at home in a seven game series in the NHL, you are twenty and eighty. It's twenty percent chance to win the series if you fall behind two well. At home. And that's what the Golden Knights face tonight. So, must win? No. But you don't want to take your chances by losing. And, you know, this series is a series where going in, the, the Golden Knights were prohibitive favorites to win the series. They were a pretty big, pretty big number. And now it's essentially down to closer to pick them. So, yeah, it's a game that if you, if you lose tonight, you're definitely a pretty big underdog and you would have to go on the road and try to play in a building where you have really not had a whole lot of success I, I, I feel like this they are going into this game believing that if they don't win they are in, I mean I'm sure the Golden Knights would you know tell you after the game hey still a seven game series or still you know still still chances to win games out there nothing's over yet but this is a game you want to win you don't want to fall behind two nothing at home and suddenly that good problem to have makes for a tough decision. The good problem to have is two awesome goalies who, you know, they, along with the defense, allowed, what was it, 124 goals the entire year, which was number one in the NHL. Now what do you do? Do you stick with the rotation? I mean, do you get after Flurry after that kind of game? No. But – also, I mean, but you also have had a system that has worked, which is rotating your goalies. So, what what do you do? Do you stick with what worked th- during the season? Do you do you stick with the guy that played well in the first game but lost? Because I have to tell you, how many times during the season did we hear people say, "Huh, oh, the two goalie thing," oh, people thought it was a mistake, and what was the response? It's not about the regular season, right? It's the playoffs. Because what do you do? Because now you're going into a playoff series. You lose the first game. You had to be a little bit short, short-staffed short in terms of your players because you are spending $12 million on goaltenders. And half of that is going to be sitting on the bench no matter who you choose. Yeah. And now one of your highest-paid players is not playing. The guy that is your best goal scorer, and now you can't score goals. By the way, did you mention uh, maybe I zoned out? I never do that when you're talking, but 
Had you mentioned the – I'd never heard you tie together the two goalies and $12 million to the final – well, it wasn't the final game, but the Avs game where they just, you know, ran out the freaking string in terms of managing the cap and only had 15 players. I didn't hear you mention that before. That is actually really interesting. Well, no, it was about it was about the postseason, though. I mean, but right. yeah, that that certainly was a part of it, sure. But right. but it was it was always about the postseason when when people right. said, "Hey, look, the two goalie thing worked." Sure, it did. It was always going to work in the regular season. It was never going to be a concern. It's the postseason where you have a salary cap. I mean, you don't have a cap during the postseason, but you have a cap during the year, and you chose to spend twelve million dollars on goaltenders. And the what the fee, what the response was was. Now you're going to have at least, you know, it's not six, it's five and seven, but either way, now you're, now you're going to have $6 million of your cap sitting on the bench in the postseason, no matter who you choose to play. This was the problem. This was why it was a mistake. Do you have any clue? It's going to be Flurry. He was the last one off the ice, or excuse me, the first one off the ice this morning at, at Morning Skate, so he's it looks like he's going to play. So now you got, wow. you know, $5 million goalie sitting on the bench. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> and I mean, it's it's a great luxury to have during the season, and it, it it got you in a pretty good position, but didn't get you the first seed. And now you're stuck in a position where you've got half of your half of your twelve million dollar goaltending tandem that can't play in the postseason. Coming up, let's go back to what happened over the weekend, and then we'll start to look ahead to tonight again, and we'll get the injury updates on some of the other players. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company on the road. Sam Town is the spot. Come on down here and watch VGK hockey tonight. Game two, important game two. They lost game one. What happened in game one, Adam? Couldn't score. A lot of chances generated. Oh, a, lot no. of, a lot of opportunities. Did it start to remind you of last year? A little which bit. Which ended horribly. A little bit. It was it was a very similar uh, type of situation. I know uh, Tyler Bischoff pointed out the last 13 playoff games for the Golden Knights. They've uh, outshot, outchanced, and out high danger chanced their opponents 12 times of those 13 games, and they're 5-8. and eight. So continue to generate chances, getting pucks to the net, just not finishing, not being able to score. And, uh, you know, one of the things Jonathan Marchessault talked about this morning, which really kind of stood out, was – you know, they, they just they harp so much, uh, especially in the playoffs, of getting to the net, getting in front of the net, creating chaos, getting traffic, uh, you know, getting gritty goals, like knocking knocking pucks loose in front, just scoring on some of those some of those chances. And it's different than kind of what they do in the regular season, which is just kind of play and play loose and play open. And he said, Enough of this. Just play how we play. No more fight to the blue paint, no more get in front of the net, no more you know, no more focused on creating traffic and that sort of thing. It's just play our game, do what we do, and maybe that is what what's needed. Maybe that is a better solution. Uh, but you know, we we will see how they approach it tonight and how they uh, go about trying to score goals. Because you know, I, I did think it was funny the other day of just the obsession with how well Flurry played, which and he did. Cam Talbot matched him. Maybe it was better. Actually, was better. I mean, more, more saves. He never gave one up. And it wasn't necessarily on Flurry the goal. But, you know, if anything, they were even. And, you know, Flurry had some of the more spectacular saves. But Talbot was just so good from start to finish. And it was like, wow, it really sucks for Flurry to lose that game. Well, 
There's a goalie on the other side that played really, really well. And, you know, the Golden Knights maybe didn't do enough, uh, but the Wild said they didn't do enough either. The Wild, if when I was on their presser after the game, were like, yeah, we didn't score because we kept shooting at his glove. Like, we were basically just hitting his glove all day. <laughs> and, yeah, the, the saves looked great, but as they pointed out, like, they weren't happy with where they were putting the puck. So, you know, it, it does you – know, there are two sides, and as much as we want to rave and, and salute Flurry because he did play out of his mind and he was incredible, Cam Talbot was just as good, as, if not better. So, personally, do you feel like they should be sticking with the rotation and Leonard should be playing tonight? Well, personally, I don't think they should have this choice. But, yeah. Right. Well, the, the situation they're, they're in. When they're they, in can, this, they can't get out of it now. They have yeah. two goalies. They spent $12 million. They rotated all during the year. Should they be rotating now? Yeah, I mean, part of this is I wouldn't want to have to make that decision. I, I don't know what they should do. I, I Honestly, I think it's a really, really tough choice. If you go into this game and you send Flurry out, which it looks like they're going to do, and again, he played great. He didn't do anything to lose his job. He probably should. If he played the first game, he probably earned the right to play a second game. But at the same time, if you lose two in a row, even if it's not on you, even if it's not his fault, even if it's not the goalie, which it – absolutely was not in the first game and if they lose another one one nothing even if it's not his fault again now now you've changed what you do you've now you're in a, a spot what do you do in the third game the guy's 0-2 even if it's not his fault do you go with him again or do you go to Leonard and then he gets if he gets you know roughed up maybe because he's hasn't played in a week you know got got a little bit rusty like who knows now now you're second guessing yourself again well that's a big change in the series price huh Wild before the series, plus 200. Even now? Yeah. Knights are minus 120 on the series. I mean, I think that ticked back up because, like I said, a, a, uh, you know, 10 minutes ago, I thought that was back to 110 each way, I guess depending where you shop. But, yeah, it's pretty much down to even. They get help today? Some reinforcements? I mean, Patrick wasn't there. He wasn't on the ice this morning. Doesn't mean he's not playing tonight. He's a game-time decision, according to uh, – According to according to uh, Pete DeBoer, which I think everybody's a game time decision. Right. Uh, but yeah, he, I, I it doesn't look doesn't look like it's going to happen. But you know, it didn't look like Alec Martinez was going to play the other day, and he did. By the way, Alec Martinez with the blocks all year. He tried. I know. Well, that was that was Petrangelo. Yeah. Petrangelo's his clearance was horrific. Right. But I was just, you know, when I saw the goal, I was like, man. And blocks are part of the deal. And you were, you know, you were raving about how many block shots Martinez has, and sometimes it does, you know, it doesn't go the right way. Yeah. Well, you gotta, gotta try to get your body in front. But that of was it. That was a terrible mistake by Petrangelo. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, and it's, it was a good job by Minnesota getting a stick in there and and preventing him from getting getting it out of the zone. But yeah, you you've gotta you've gotta finish those clearances. And he has so much experience, and he's a veteran. He's a leader. Like, that's why you brought him in, because he's so good in the playoffs, and he's been good in the playoffs in the past, and that's what you expected from him. We can't can't have those kind of errors. Uh, more from Adam on the Golden Knights. is uh, we got a game two coming up here at Samstown. We're right outside the sports book, so if you're on the east side, if you're anywhere in town, it's a great spot to come over hang out. We're going to have the uh, the game on here along with the uh, NBA play-in games. Uh, like I said, we're right next to the sports deli, so if you're coming by to look for it, you can grab a T-shirt. It's Cofield and Company on the road. Up next, we're going to talk to Q Myers, get a little more on the NBA, and uh, also – revisit the schedule release because uh, Q is a little more enthusiastic, a little more optimistic than most on what the Raiders could do this season. 
visit lvsportsnetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. Now, back to Cofield and Company on the road. Tuesdays means it's time to talk to uh, Q Myers out of Waco and big part of uh, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. We'll get to the Raiders in the latter part of the conversation, but we come out of the gates, turn our attention, Q, to a little basketball. How fired up are you for the NBA playoffs and the uh, unleashing of the play-in? Man, I'm fired up. I really am. And I didn't know how I was going to feel about it because I didn't know what teams earlier in the season were going to be the ones that were going to be playing. But, man, I'm so excited about seeing the Warriors and the Lakers square up. And and I'll tell you, Steve, we've had this conversation. And it's so funny when you have a conversation, you feel very strong about something. And, and we talked about Steph Curry and the way he was playing and he was having MVP conversations. And I said he's not the MVP of the league. There's no way because they don't have enough wins. And I still believe that. Don't get me wrong. But, man, the way he's cooking has been so much fun to watch. I mean, if if it honestly could boil down to between him and Chris Paul in the MVP voting, if one of those two guys got it, I would have no problem with it, even though I realize that he needs more wins, if that makes any sense. He needs more wins. The Warriors need to win more games for Curry to be the MVP. But the way he's got them to the point where he has and the style that he's done it, you know, style points mean something to me. The way he's done it has been amazing to watch. And so I can't wait to see the Lakers and the Warriors square up in and, and a game that I expect the Warriors to win. Yeah, that game's tomorrow. And uh, you yep. just said it, the Warrior, you expect the Warriors to win. So what do you think is going to happen to the Lakers here? Well, uh, it's, it's crazy that they could still find a way to get in as well. You know, I, I just don't think in the long term, regardless how long the Lakers are in the playoffs for, I don't think it's going to be a very long run. I, I really don't. I just think that the injuries that they're dealing with are too much. And to be able to go on to a run and really make a deep run in the playoffs and, and get to the ultimate goal, which is winning a championship, you've also got to be really kind of lucky and healthy at the same time. I don't think that they can do it. They could sustain it for a whole playoff run. So I think that the Lakers are going to be short-lived if they even make it to the playoffs in general. Uh, the Warriors and Lakers will probably end up in the in the playoffs, but I think that the, the Lakers are going to bow out pretty quick. Do you care about some of the storylines in the games today? Charlotte, Indiana, and the uh, Wizards against Boston. You know, we were talking about Russell Westbrook last week. I mean, here's a chance yeah. uh, Westbrook can carry his team into the playoffs. Yeah, that's my guy, man. I, I, I'm, I'm pulling for him. I'm hoping that he can he can find some more magic. He could dig deep and, and get some more magic and, and just kind of run. I don't know how long the Wizards have to play, but I do enjoy any time I see Westbrook out there on the court. And so I think he's got enough juice and enough mojo to get through at least a couple of games, you know, and be able to, to, to carry them for a few games. Uh, they're, they're not going to go very far. You know, they, they just won't. But ultimately, uh, if he can get this uh, this play-in game and get the dub, I'd be okay with that. Again, Westbrook's a guy that I just I pull for. I, I like watching him play. Man, I'd love to see LaMelo Ball uh, get you know into the full playoff field. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, you know, and it's funny, man. I saw LaMelo play. Me and Little Q were in Vegas, and we were at uh, the Orleans. It was – they were doing the uh, the big th- – not the big three, the, the the ball, the triple ball or whatever it was. He wanted to go, and I was laughing at it. Me and my dad were laughing like, man, we, we don't want to go see this. This would be a joke. But Little Q wanted to go, so we went, and we saw it. And it was. I was like, man, that guy can't play in the league. He's His brother is out of shape. I mean, it's just I, I went away there shaking my head. Little Q wasn't really feeling it either. The The highlight of the whole event was Trey Young was there, and he went and took a picture with Trey Young. That was the highlight of that event. And then you fast forward to when, you know, he's in the league and LaMelo's been balling, you know. I mean, he's he's been a fun guy to watch. And so sometimes, you know, I'll talk loud. I'll talk, you know, I'll be very, as a matter of fact, and sometimes I'm just wrong. And I think the LaMelo being able to not fit in the NF, in the in, in the NBA, 
I was just wrong about, man. The guy could play. He's fun to watch. And if they could ever put a couple pieces together on that team, maybe they can have something there. But LaMelo, I got to give him two thumbs up, man. He's been fun to watch. I'm glad he's back. Yeah, I screamed and yelled before the draft and then on draft night and after the draft that uh, anyone who passed on LaMelo blew it. So he's turned yeah. out to be pretty good so far and uh, hopefully he continues his ascent and uh, they can actually have a decent franchise in Charlotte. Could you imagine I mean, the Warriors if they had got him instead of Wiseman? Uh, that was – well – Let's not even get started. Actually, I will get started. Yeah, no, I, I screamed about it often, and, and everyone else on the show was, you know, thought I was joking or was laughing at me. I'm like, the Warriors have a chance to get one of the great, uh, you know, next guys in the league. Imagine that kid getting a chance to learn from Steph and Clay and even Draymond Green. Like, they're going to start to ensure that they can carry this beyond these guys. But they, they decided to pass on him and went with the big guy. Yeah, they blew it. They, they really did. And look, I would have blown it, too, because I, I, I didn't believe in them, but I'm a believer now. And so you're right. Every team that passed on them made a mistake. And so sometimes you just got to chalk it up and say, well, tip your cap and good job, young man. Keep balling. Q Myers with us on Cofield and Company. I don't know. We're doing a uh, radio conversation. I'm like, I'm not going to get into it. Like, like, it's just too frustrating for me to relive my angst over uh, LaMelo Ball. I don't know why I did that. Um, I think one of the big surprises record-wise – of the NBA going into these playoffs are the Suns. And, you know, Chris Paul obviously is a big part of the turnaround. Number two seed, can they actually do some damage? I think they can. The only problem is if they match up with the Lakers. They just don't have the size. You know, the Lakers, they they can dominate them with size. And we saw them uh, just, what, a week ago when they played each other. And just the Lakers really – they, they didn't even struggle with the Suns. And so I think that the Suns have an opportunity. I think it just has to fall in the right right direction for them. I mean, they have to have the right matchup, and I don't think squaring up right away with the Lakers is going to be a good one for them. So I, I, I think that they have the ability. I love what Chris Paul has done. He's another guy that I, I like and I've respected his whole career, but he's really, really shown something this year, being in Phoenix and being able to get them into the playoffs. He's really taken a step up, and even at his age, I've been really impressed with what I saw from Chris. Other big angle in the playoffs, it's been eight years. It seems like it's been longer than that. The uh, Knicks were just so irrelevant, and yet, you know, we'd have them crammed down our freaking throats. Now they're actually pretty solid. What do you think the Knicks do? Well, I, I don't know how far they're going to go. They've been a really good story. It's nice to see the Knicks be a good team again and see the Knicks fan base so fired up, and all of a sudden they're coming back out of the woodworks. Of course, there's the, you know, there's the regulars, the Spike Lees and everyone that we see all the time, but you're starting to see and hear the fan base get more excited. Uh, and, and I know that they're a fun team to watch. I don't know how much scoring power they're going to have in the playoffs. That's the, that's the one hang-up. They go on droughts where they won't score enough. That's the one issue. In the playoffs, you've got to be able to get buckets. I love Julius Randle's story. I love the fact that he's such a better player than he's ever been in the, in the NBA. He's dedicated to being in shape. He's dedicated to being a heck of a player. And then Derrick Rose, being able to get him and get him back to being not Chicago Bulls MVP Derrick Rose, but still being a, a really good player, a guy that can come and give you a nice little spark. The problem I have with the Knicks, and I'm sure that you would agree with this, is that the life expectancy for a Tom Thibodeau-led team is very short. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it doesn't yeah. last long. So you've got to get what you can get while you can get it because it's not going to be there long. He's going to grind you, and he's going to wear on you, and pretty soon that's going to wear off. I wonder if Tibbs could have dealt with or uh, made Kwame Brown into a better player. But before I say anything bad about Kwame Brown, I will pump the brakes because uh, I just witnessed what went on the last couple of days where Matt Barnes – and Steven Jackson and and uh, who else was it? Was it Gilbert Arenas? Whoever else was on there was on a yeah yep. was on a podcast. Yep. And I guess they were clowning on Kwame Brown. And then uh, 
Kwame's got some chops, man. Like a couple of those guys, you know, in the case of Matt Barnes, you're like, oh, he's kind of a badass. Kwame Brown does not care. Man, what was going on? He did like a seven-minute – he's done multiple videos. He did like a seven-minute IG video where he just went freaking off on guys. Yeah, he, he really did. And all those guys that you mentioned, Gilbert Arena, Steven Jackson, Matt Barnes, I kind of always have called those guys like the goon squad because you know that they, they got a little something in their neck. They got a little edge to them. You know that they're, they're not really the guy that you want to meet in the back alley. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's yeah. – that's, if you are in the back alley, you want them on your side, not on someone else's side. But I'll tell you, man, Kwame Brown, I had never heard him talk before, and he's always the butt of all jokes, so especially being selected by Michael Jordan, and we all know that storyline. That dude, man, he's got a little godfather to him, right? I mean, it's almost like he can he can manifesto something. Like you don't want to get on the bad side of that dude. That's the dude that can he won't he won't really he won't whoop you, but he'll make the call. He'll just pick up the phone and be like, Steve, you know what to do. Yeah. You already know. Light skinned Matt Barnes is talking. Agent Zero, Gilbert Arenas is talking, and Steven Jackson is talking. Handle him. All right. And then that's it. And that's it. It's done. You know what I mean? Like, that's the most terrifying guy. It's like if you go to Houston, you don't talk about Jay Prince. Jay Prince is a dude you just don't talk about in any kind of realm at all. It's a, a hip-hop dude, but even if you don't know who he is, you just say, okay, I'm keeping Jay Prince's name out of my mouth. <laughs> that's what Kwame Brown gave me that feel when I was listening to what he had to say. What do you think watching uh, – you, you referenced it. What do you think watching Kwame Brown uh, and the light skin stuff? Well, I mean, it's it's so funny as as a dark skinned black dude that I am. We uh, we've always had all kind of conversations, and it's all good fun. But we always talk. I even talk about the Warriors with you know Clay and and Steph. I always call them Team Light Skin, you know. And and it's so funny growing up back in the day. Uh, it was always oh that's a that's a pretty black dude, and oh that, I'm I'm not a pretty black dude, but that's one of the pretty boys. And so I hey man, it's always been some kind of like underlying beef. Even though it's not really a major beef, it's just kind of one of those things we've always talked trash back and forth. I, I used to say back in the day, I'll tell you this, it was it was funny, man, in, in high school, like uh, David Justice would get all the love. All the girls would love the guys that look like David Justice, you know. And then all of a sudden, he had the issues with Halle Berry and may have gotten to a little domestic violence and everything. And then all of a sudden, it was like, hey, you know, that dark-skinned black dude's not too bad after all, you know what I mean? So then, then, then the Wesley Snipes type guys started coming in. So I was in my zone then. I was like, great. And then Chris Brown started messing up, and he, you know, got into it, Rihanna, and then it's like it flipped the script again. And so it's like, ah, what are we going to do? So it's always been some kind of uh, – it's like a low-key joke talking about the light-skinned uh, dudes and the, and the dark dudes. So when Kwame Brown started referencing Matt Barnes as Becky with the good hair and, you know, light-skinned this, light-skinned that, it was – I totally got it. It was, it was actually kind of comical to me. Q Myers was with us. Yeah, I, I, uh, I heard the, the Becky line. I was like, uh-oh. Well, now, we, well, now we got trouble. Um, <laughs> when you looked at the schedule last week for the Raiders, do you think uh, now we got trouble? Because I looked at it, and I was actually very optimistic. I picked them to go 10-7, and 7 and people were clowning on me on Twitter. And, like, people are throwing out, oh, they could start 0-4. Wait, you're now chalking up the Dolphins with two right. in his second year as a loss when they freaking, you know, blew the game last year. They had them beat. Like, what? I just I look at the schedule queue and I see a lot of quarterback situations across the way that they're facing that are unsettled. Yeah, I mean, even the first game of the season. I mean, you're going up against the Baltimore Ravens. You know, it's a good team. You know, Lamar Jackson is a is a former league MVP and he's really good with his legs. But you question his arm. You question if he's going to be able to make that pass when he has to. And I feel pretty good that 
Maybe the Raiders could come up with a play or two. Maybe they can create a turnover or two if he's throwing the ball. Now, keeping him in the pocket is another issue. That's something else they have to deal with. But, yeah, there's question marks all up and down the roster or as far as the schedule as far uh, as the Raiders go. And I'll tell you, the one thing I didn't like about the schedule, but I'm with you. I, I kind of said that I feel like they they be 10-7. and seven. They need to find a way to be 10-7 and seven or 11-6 and six to give themselves an opportunity at the playoffs. Not guaranteeing that that's going to make the playoffs, but that's what they need to find a way to do. I didn't like the first seven games, how it's home, away, home, away, home, away. I thought that that was kind of, eh, whatever. But it's the schedule. It's what it is. You deal with it, you handle it, and you go play it. Good teams don't cry about the schedule. Good teams go out there, play, win games, and go on to the next week. Yep, a lot of winnable games at home uh, against some of those questionable quarterbacks. So I expect them to do really well at home. What do you think the atmosphere will be? This is something we were debating last week because, you know, the thought is, hey, uh, it was, you know, it's going to be a, a crowd that's coming in from out of town. People are going to get all the tickets from out of town. I don't think year one is going to be like that. I don't either. I don't either. I think the Raider Nation is going to pack out Allegiant Stadium. I think it's going to be amazing. I think the streets of Las Vegas are going to be packed out with Raider fans all over the place like it was last year. And nobody was even at Allegiant Stadium. I mean, I know from the times I was in Vegas, there was plenty of Raider fans just climbing the streets and running the streets of, yeah. of Vegas and calling in from, from Fremont Street, just celebrating as the season got, you know, got ready to get going. And so I think that Raider Nation is going to be thick out there at, at, at Legion Stadium. And I'll say this, I think it's up to the team. I think if the team goes out there and handles their business and wins, then they don't have to worry about teams or fans from out of town coming in and dominating Allegiant Stadium. They'll be fans. Yeah, absolutely. They'll be fans that want to come in from out of town and see their team and spend the weekend in Vegas. Great. But if they're doing their business on the field, then Raider Nation will be there in, in, in groves. And I think this year, for sure, they're going to dominate the fan base. No doubt about it. Yeah, I just saw that they're building the atmosphere up around the stadium, right on LV Boulevard between uh, Luxor and Mandalay. They're going to have a, a big beer garden. So that's just kind of the beginning of yeah. it. You're going to see all this stuff sprout up around the stadium. And uh, frankly, I'd like to see it that on Sundays, they actually close that end of LV Boulevard. There's a certain point you can go up to maybe – Maybe Tropicana, and then from there on down should yeah. just be all, you know all fans in the street because there's going to be especially early on there's going to be so many people in that Monday night football game that night oh is going to be freaking nuts. Yes, I, I can't wait, man. And yeah, you're talking about that little uh, the little walk that they're going to have where they can have the the tailgate and everything. And the one thing I've been cautioning Raider Nation is because everyone says, well, it's not going to be the atmosphere like the Coliseum. It doesn't have to be to be great. You know what I mean? Just because it's not the same atmosphere doesn't mean it can't be great. I think that Las Vegas is doing an outstanding job making sure that they're, that that Raider fans and any fan that goes to the game will have a great experience. And I think that that walk, that whole little tailgate area, the beer garden, I think that that's all going to be so much fun. I, I can't wait, man. I, I just want to get down there. I want to soak it in as just a dude on the street. But then I also want to soak it in from you know our standpoint where we're covering games. But, man, I just kind of want to soak it in and see what the fan experience is like because I think that they're going to do a great job and, and they're, they're, they're just adding to it each and every day. That's, that's exciting and fun. Q Myers with us here on this Tuesday. Uh, we'll close on this. I saw some Raiders fans complaining about the ticket prices on the resale market, and I went on the air last week and I was like, listen, all you guys out of town who wanted the stadium built here and, and keep telling us that uh, it's not our money that helped build the stadium – it was our money, and now we're going to get our money back because the ticket prices are going to be high. Uh, yep. Hotel rates are going to be high. It's going to be a, a pricey, pricey ticket for the first couple of years, and uh, we are going to generate a lot of that hotel tax revenue that we did not get to the last year. Sorry, it sucks, but you know, if you want, it, you want a beautiful new stadium, yeah. some, someone has to pay for it. 
right. It's part of it. It's part of it. And yeah, I've seen a lot of Raider Nation say, oh, the Raiders are pricing us out. We can't go to the games. No, the Raiders aren't pricing you out. It's just the, it's the cost of business. It's what it is. I mean, like you said, the stadium had to be spent. The money had to be uh, generated from somewhere. And it was going to be this. And last year they got nothing. They got no dollars. So, of course, now it's going to be even higher. So, yeah, I mean, that's just the, the, the effect of building a new stadium. It's going to be like that for a couple seasons. Maybe you just don't end up going for a, a couple years. And, and maybe you do. Who knows? Maybe you get a deal from someone that's, you know, that, that's selling their tickets that are season ticket holders. But also the season ticket holders, as explained to me, they're also trying to recoup their money from the PSLs that they bought. Sure. And, you know, the prices that they they spent so much money. I had one guy hit me up uh, on the text line and told me that he spent over like $18,000 basically on a single ticket, you know, and that's yep. just that's the, the price of business. It, it, it is what it is. So uh, it's just kind of how things go. And every, every place, anytime you have a new stadium and you're trying to get that thing built like like they're doing it, it's going to someone's going to pay at the back end. And that's the, the resale tickets. That's the back end. What do you think of the uh, the odds that came out? I think we mentioned them last week, but uh, will you know make the playoffs? Not make the playoffs? Odds uh, Raiders are actually in the bottom five in terms of long shots. I guess it would be top five in terms of long shots, but they're plus three forty, plus three forty to make the playoffs. By the way, the Jaguars are actually a little ahead of them at plus three fifteen. The Jaguars oh. have a better shot to make the playoffs than the Raiders. Seriously. That's- that's that's a rough deal. The only thing I could say about that is is I guess they're banking on that division not to be great. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's the only thing. And the Raiders play with the 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 Chiefs and the Chargers, and who knows what's going to happen with the Broncos if they make a move for Rodgers or not. But that's the only only way I could see that. And, and it's funny because at first I said that's kind of disrespectful that they you know they're so low. But also, what have they earned, Steve? You know what I mean? What have they earned? Yeah. They've earned the disrespect. They haven't been in the playoffs. I, I did a show about it today, matter of fact, on the podcast. I mean, they went to the playoffs in 2016, but everyone knew that that was fool's goal because Derek Carr wasn't there. They haven't been to the playoffs since the 2002-2003 season when they lost in the Super Bowl to John Gruden. Like that's, I mean, they've earned the disrespect because they haven't been there. I was talking about the Knicks. We talked about the Knicks at the beginning of this, how the fan base is so fired up to see them in the playoffs. It's only been since, what, 2012 and 2013 since they haven't been in the playoffs? The Raiders really haven't been players in the playoffs since 2002. You know what I mean? Like, that is so long. They've earned the disrespect, so they've got to to work their way out of it. All right, Q. Great job, man. Appreciate it. I appreciate you. There he is, Q Myers, with the Locked On Raiders podcast. He does that daily and he joins us every tuesday it's time now to say congrats to the winner of our port of subs golden knights tickets contest lou dazam won a golden knights hat a two-foot sub from port of subs and two tickets to tonight's golden knights game against the wild at the fortress contest was brought to you by port of subs if you're hungry and we mean really really hungry get the taste you crave with a slice fresh two-foot classic sub from port of subs home of the two-foot sub join the conversation on twitter at cofield and co LeBron spins and scores. He's still down. And he's sitting on his wallet. Yeah, still down. Did he roll that ankle? I hope not. He's acting like something happened. I hope not. It's Cofield and Company on the road. Samstown Racing Sportsbook on the east side. Come on by. You can sign up for our Golden Knights jersey giveaway. We're here for the Golden Knights game tonight, game two. Against the Minnesota Wild, goes wild. Can't beat them. Can't beat them. Tough time. Tough time. Uh, tight game. 
over the weekend, could not get the job done. So uh, already in the playoffs, you know, backed into a corner. Knights have to come out fighting. We'll get you more details on. Uh, do we have any more details? We have any more details? Do you um, think it's flurry? I do think it's flurry. And then patches like literally right up to the game. I mean, I think he's not playing. But patch already, yeah. But yeah, they're uh, 30 minutes for the game. You'll you'll see who takes the ice for warmups. All right. You seem edgy today. You seem edgy. You all right? Uh, yeah. Okay. I was looking as you were walking up. I can't remember if you had a mask on or you didn't have it on. Uh, How was your weekend with the masking? I mean, it's it's incredibly frustrating, like the amount of people that are talking about uh, the mask. You know, no more masks. There is a second part of that statement, by the way. <laughs> but you knew this. You knew this was going to be the deal. So why are you getting frustrated? Because it, it's it's very annoying. Like, it it's because. It's I'll tell you, it's a weird thing after nine months of having to do it to see them off, and, and you're like, okay. Because you were so, you know, you already worked up for people who didn't want to cooperate, and now, now it's a weird deal. But yeah, hey, they've uh, you know they've said indoors, fully vaccinated, no mask. So have at it. Well, not everywhere, and not everywhere yet. Yeah. And and again, fully vaccinated. Yeah, that, people that, are that, leaving that part out. That cat's out of the bag. You can't. You're not going to be able to. Right, but you're not going to be able to contain that. At least keep mentioning it. Like people are leaving that part of it out. Like I, I, why, why I, do you why do you I get saw, worked, why do you get worked up about something you absolutely this is absolutely something you cannot control. But and, the, I, and I suppose but this you is also sp- why. I suppose you're doing a public service here by spreading it out on the air. But pe- people know they're going to decide to do what they want to do. But this is what so if you remember, and it's also frustrating like being right sometimes. But if you remember when like right when vaccinations were starting rolling out and the the CDC didn't change the guidelines. And, the, you know, people were like, wait, if I'm vaccinated, why am I still wearing a mask? I'm like, a couple reasons. One, they're still trying to figure out the exact efficacy numbers, and they're trying to make sure that it's, you know, that it still can't be passed on, that just because you're not symptomatic and just because you're not getting it, like, there's still st- studies to be done. But the bigger thing is enforcement, which is going to be a problem, and they're trying to figure out how to make these rules, you know, how to go forward with rules and say, hey, you can take your mask off, but only if you're vaccinated. And how are you going to prove that? And how are businesses going to do that? They're not going to. That's why they didn't make that. That's why they didn't right. make the, the change. Right. And people were like, but if I'm vaccinated, I'm like, but you can't do that yet because it's going to be chaos when they try to say you can take the mask off if you're vaccinated. Because all the unvaccinated people are going to be like, I don't have to wear one either. And, and, and I don't. That's the, how it's the, been. The funny thing is, though, I don't like I don't see any chaos. Like, I was out at all different places over the weekend. We're out here at Samstown. Like, I don't feel chaos. Well, I uh, – true, but I'm also – Did you already witness someone today yelling at someone about mask and vaccinated? Uh, and- so, so, yeah. Um, but it's not even that. Like, I'm watching – you know, I watched UFC over the weekend. Right, and what happened there? And somebody literally asked Dana White a question, do you feel vindicated that you were two weeks ahead of, you know – of the no mask thing. Oh, my God. And, like, he wasn't. They didn't check vaccinations at the arena. That's not, that's not – there was no change <laughs> to the mask policy for the unvaccinated. Nothing – if you're not vaccinated, there was no change to the policy. Was this, a, uh, was this a, a DW buddy in the media? Of course it a was. A traditional DW buddy? Of course it was. And like, but that – no. Like, and, and we should realize, like, a lot of people were for – 100% attendance if people were proved vaccination. God. Like, that happened. Did you, did you, did you, well, you weren't at the event, right? So you're watching no. this. Yeah. Did you want to just say to the media person, like, he's not going to be your friend? That too. But also, stop. Okay. But also, like, he's not going to block you. You're also you. spreading misinformation. Like, you did, they did not 
say anybody can go maskless now. Well, That's again, not the rule. You can't do anything about it. So why I like your this chaos you're talking about? I don't. But at least, at least anybody that's talking about it or discussing it in a public forum, yeah. make sure you get it right. Like right. the mask policy did not change for people that are unvaccinated. Nothing changed. Your life today is supposed to be the same as it was a week ago. You're supposed to wear Sounds a mask. Sounds like a punishment. Sounds like a punishment. It that's is. A that's a threat. It is a punishment. You're threat. Get vaccinated so you can go I, normal I like everybody a, else. I had a bartender tell me on uh, Friday night that he wasn't getting hours. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm only getting like 30 hours. You know, it's kind of frustrating. Uh, you know, they're giving a lot of hours to the people who got the vaccination. I'm not getting it though. It's my right. Well, I guess it's then it's the company's does, right to say all, that you're is, not going to get full hours. Why is he getting any? I don't know. Because <laughs> companies <laughs> can't, you know, force people. I guess, I mean, I guess. Well, they are in that case. Not exactly. If you want to work, if you're you just, want to work just, your you're full just hours. less hours. They don't have to say that's why you're then getting less give hours. Give two hours. Yeah. The chaos, as Adam Hill describes it, the chaos. It is. Well, LeBron James was uh, dishing out some chaos, still complaining about Solomon Hill. Does he have a right to do so? He's the guy who jumped into his leg and blanked up his ankle, and LeBron since has said, I'm not going to be 100% the rest of the season, maybe never again. He actually said, quote, I had a grown man diving at my leg for a loose ball. <laughs> I mean, you're supposed to. Well, I mean, if you if you look at the still shot, LeBron has the ball in his hands. Like, he's got possession of the ball. Yeah. And you see Solomon Hill, like, really rolling into his leg. I mean, it's a little bit misleading, but, but sure. Um, a photo doesn't capture everything. No, of course not. Um, I mean, you could be. He's got two hands on the ball, that, secured at his chest. You have a right to go for the ball. Yeah. These, this is like when people complain that Bryce Harper ran hard down the first baseline. No, it's You've that's different. Right. No, You've that's right that to. that's different. No, it's hustle. It's hustling for a loose ball. Is the ball in the first baseman's mitt, and then he starts running as hard as he can? Yes. No, it's, was, it's not in the. No. It's not in the first baseman's mitt. No, but that was the remember that was the complaint that that he would, they I would throw that, him out that they would throw him out and he'd, he'd still run. be thirty feet from the bag and, and he would still keep sprinting all the way through the bag and we would be like, yeah, that's hustle, that's what you're supposed to do. I don't remember that. I, the complaint I remember was that uh, Bryce was going too hard at uh, playing defense. I thought people were getting no, mad that at too. Him. And but it was the it was the first base thing, and they they actually knocked that out of him. He doesn't do it anymore. Yeah. Like they, they beat him down. Him. They beat him down bad enough by by criticizing. Don't play him the game the hard. Yeah. But that, that's exactly Play the right. game harder. You're disrespecting it. Which one is it? I don't know. Yeah. Like, you could cause an injury. Like, you could step on the first baseman's right. foot for no reason. Like, there was injuries that were possible if you keep hustling, even though, you you know, the play's already over. Like, those those are the kind of complaints you would hear about Bryce Harper. Like, I, I, get, I get where LeBron is upset and annoyed, as he said. Like, he may never be the same, although I don't think he'd ever be 100% anyway at this age with this many games. Like, you're not ever going to be 100%. Uh, but, yeah, he, he may have, you know, taken – if LeBron's max right now is like 90% of what he once was, maybe now he'll his max will be like 88% or 85% or something. I understand why he'd be frustrated by it, for sure. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. The Las Vegas Aces host the Los Angeles Sparks Friday at 7 on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM.